This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Value Inspiration Podcast. My name is Ton Dobber, and I'm the founder of Value Inspiration. The purpose of my company is to help business software companies rethink what can be to become remarkable again. The goal that I have in this podcast is to inspire new forms of value creation by sharing compelling ideas and stories about the potential that we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. So my strong belief is that we can think big, and therefore we should. And doing so will help to create a better world for all of us. This podcast is all about that. The guest on my podcast this week is Tulika Tripathi, founder and CEO of SnapHunt. The best way to describe SnapHunt, simply put, is SnapHunt is a specialist recruitment agency with no human recruiter. What I realized over the course of my career is that recruitment hadn't changed much since the, you know, since well the last 20 years. I just realized over time that there was a way to leverage technology to just do the same thing in a much, much more effective way. I saw this trend and I felt rather than trying to reshape your business or put lipstick on a pig and try to be something else, it was a phenomenal opportunity to create what it should be and could be what this new category could look like from scratch. I didn't want to be the person who said, I also had this idea a few years ago, but I didn't do it. So um, I've done it because it needs to be made. So I'm disintermediating the whole thing. This is Tulika. She's been in the recruitment space for almost two decades and has worked across many countries. She has worked as a managing director for Michael Page in Singapore, where she was responsible for Southeast Asia. Later on, she took on the responsibility for Michael Page's entry strategy into India and was also responsible for setting up and growing its Indian operations. In 2013, she took on the MD role at Hudson, where she led their recruitment business across the whole of Asia. And in 2017, she founded SnapHunt. It was the big idea behind SnapHunt that triggered me. Hence, I invited Tulika to my podcast. We explore what is broken in the recruitment industry and how that is slowing down complete sectors. We then discuss how by taking a radically different approach to the problem, hiring costs can be reduced by 99% and hiring speed increased by at least 30. By listening to this podcast, you will learn three things. Firstly, that by taking a platform approach, you can deliver unexpected shifts in value for your customers. Secondly, how elegance and simplicity always wins and that this requires you to cut everything away that seems cool. And thirdly, why you should always be open to agree on the outcomes you want, rather than being fixed on how you think you're going to get there. So Tulika, thank you very much for joining my podcast today. And yeah, tell a little bit more about like, what is, what is the, the, the big idea behind your company, SnapHunt. But before we start, it's always an interesting thing, thing for my audience to understand what drives you in day-to-day business. What is your passion? 
Absolutely. Look, thank you for inviting me for this podcast. I believe that we, as a founders, we are intrinsically linked to what we end up creating. And actually what drives me day to day is actually the reason behind the creation of SnapHunt, which is my company. I've been in the recruitment space now for almost two decades and have worked across many countries. And I've continued working in recruitment for so many years because I believe fundamentally two things. The first thing is I believe that everyone deserves to find a job they love. And when they do, it dramatically changes their lives and changes the lives of those around them. I quite often jokingly say, and and actually it's semi-serious, that we spend more time at work than we spend with our spouses. So it's more important to get the job right than sometimes even the marriage right. So, you know, so that's where I think we make a big impact in people's lives. I also believe no matter what the organization is, whether it's the deepest of tech organizations or the heaviest industrial firm, what really drives organizations forward is the quality of their talent. And by helping organizations identify and hire and retain the right talent, we're able to help these organizations achieve their outcomes in a much, much better way. So that's the impact that I feel you know, we are making on the world. I've been making on the world through, through my last jobs and now with SnapHunt. And that's really what keeps me up at night and also keeps me going all day long. Cool. I mean, I really like your, your, well, the purpose behind it all. And I, 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 believe, I agree with both of them. And yeah, you don't realize, you know, that when, when people are finding a job and they are in a job, what it can do to your life in positive and negative, negative ways. So it's, it's really critical that you find the right spot there. So, yeah, go, go ahead. Yeah, and I was just going to say that, you know, even the you know, very senior individuals who are very talented, when it comes to looking out for a new job, can find it extremely frustrating today. You know, you you send out applications, you don't know where you stand, you're obviously unhappy in your current role or maybe out of your current role. Different people are telling you different things. A job search today is a very, very lonely thing, a very lonely and horrible thing. And I just think, I think that's unacceptable, to, to be honest. I also think that given where the world is at today, it's unacceptable that people have to troll through job postings to figure out which one they should be applying to. You know, we have technology to do a lot of that for us. Well, that brings me to my next question. What is the big idea behind SnapHunt? The the big idea is actually a very simple idea and philosophy behind SnapHunt. And that's that hiring shouldn't be so easy. So it shouldn't be so difficult. So it should be much, much easier. I shouldn't be so easy. You know, hiring exists or, or recruitment firms, for example, exist because employers don't know what talent is out there. And talents don't know what jobs are out there. So you have specialist firms. And I'm talking about specialist white collar recruiting in particular. Sort of come in to to build a strong network of employers who are looking for a job and a small good network of specialist talent that are looking for a job and then charge a lot of money to match them. But unfortunately, that's very high human touch. It's it's very inefficient. It's very manual. It's time consuming. And it is highly inaccurate because of unconscious bias. And it's inconsistent because it's very dependent on the recruiter. So the very simple idea behind it is to leverage technology and data-driven insights to make hiring just much more effective, cheaper, more convenient, and and more accurate. But what is the different approach you take then? I mean, Mm -hmm. is it, for example, I think it's much, much more proactive. So, for example, normally when people go out and, and try to find a new job is when they are either you know, not satisfied in their existing jobs or something has happened, they're fired, they have moved places to another 
country or not a city, well, not a city. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you start from scratch. Is this something maybe that that you should maybe subscribe to and then when the right thing comes along, it's in front of you about it? Yeah, I mean, the best way to describe SnapHunt, simply put, is SnapHunt is a specialist recruitment agency with no human recruiter. So ah. you can call it a robotic recruitment agency. It does exactly what a great, it, uh, that's why I, I was saying earlier to you before we started this podcast, that I may not know much about many other things in the world, but the one thing I do understand fundamentally is how recruitment agencies are run. Uh-huh. And what I realized over the course of my career is that recruitment hadn't changed much since the, you know, since, well, the last 20 years. It's only how you send CVs, et cetera, that, that changed. Similarly, there have been lots of new things that have come in in the last 20 years. You know, you've had job boards, you have LinkedIn, but none of them have really disrupted the way recruitment's done. Ag- agencies continue to flourish. In fact, the global staffing industry is growing by 6 to 7% annually. It's yeah. worth around 461 billion dollars so it's a very very large piece of the pie and i just realized over time that there was a way to leverage technology to just do the same thing in a much much more effective way so i said about two years ago creating or or rather replicating every element of an agency's business but via algorithms and technology basically so it's a you can call it a self-service robotic recruiting agency which brings down hiring costs by around 99 percent when you compare it to a specialist recruitment firm. Um, <laughs> so it's it's massively disruptive it yes. is a new category because if you think about the recruitment space today there are four types of players that you know if a company is thinking about recruitment they think of yeah the first category of players are recruitment agencies and rpos the second category is job boards yeah the third would be your what we call applicant tracking systems. And the fourth category is LinkedIn, you know, because a lot of people use LinkedIn to hire. Now, all these four categories are actually moving towards something else. Agencies are realizing that at some point they need to leverage technology to create economies of scale and get better outcomes. So you see a lot of acquisitions because they t- typically tend to be very cash rich of new technologies. Job boards are realizing that, you know, companies want more screened talent. So they're either acquiring or trying to build capabilities and screening candidates better. Mm -hmm. ATSs are realizing that they can't just do process management. They need to find ways to source and screen talent in certain ways. And LinkedIn, of course, is building a lot more recruiter type solutions. So they're all actually converging to a new category. And when I started SnapHunt, I saw this trend and I felt rather than trying to reshape your business or put lipstick on a pig and try to be something else, it was a phenomenal opportunity to create what it should be and could be what this new category could look like from scratch. And yeah, that's that's the basic idea behind how it all started. I really like your thinking. It's uh, indeed kind of taking a disruptive mindset and don't try to kind of do something better that everybody else has been doing for years. You know, genuinely, when I started off, I'm not a tech person. I'm Indian origin. So people assume that I must be a tech person. But I, I'm, a, I'm a recruiter and a, a domain expert in recruiting. And, and I've done that across many, many geographies. When I started off, I knew what it should look like. But I, I luckily had some fantastic tech people who, who worked together and did it. What I did know, though, is this had to be done. And if I didn't do it, I didn't want to be the person who said, 
I also had this idea a few years ago, but I didn't do it. So exactly. um, I've done it because it needs to be made, however strange that may sound. And that's that's what I think is is remarkable. It requires, yeah. I mean, I like that that aspect. Maybe I'm wired the same way as well. You know, never ending up mm-hmm. with a situation where you say I could have done it, but I didn't, and I wish I had yeah. done it. So yeah. yeah. And then to take, take that disruptive mindset is where you really can make an impact. So you're actually democratizing recruitment for organizations by just taking out the middleman. Absolutely. So I'm disintermediating the whole thing. And yeah. it's very difficult to do because specialist recruitment is complex. So skills-led recruitment is easy. When you come to specialist recruitment, you're looking at many, many things. You're looking at industry experience, looking at skill sets. You have to look at competencies. You have to look at how those things marry with each other. You have to understand trends. You know, there are many, many things. And that's why this particular domain has been difficult to disrupt. So the, the Herculean task of building the algorithms we did took us a year and a half to do. Sure. And I think we had to be crazy to actually do it. But I think we were literally... You know, people on a mission when we started building it out. We still are, actually. Well, so, I mean, I can definitely see the the energy in the company that you started <laughs> because, you know, it's, it's indeed the, the things that are hard to replicate. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're there for a reason and they're differentiating for a reason because it's hard to replicate. And doing the easy part is everybody can do that. So you see, it's magic. I actually do believe in magic. I think, you know, when you, when you, when you take some small actions, you know, you, you, you can create magic. And I remember we went on beta in June last year and this lovely, you know, platform and this AI ended up making its first hire in its first month and we placed ahead of sales. Now, sales is a very tough role to normally place in because it's about personality and it's about, you know, many, many, many very complex things compared to maybe some more technical roles. And when I saw the first candidates, you know, being sourced and screened and proposed and going into interview with actually no human being in the business, at that time, I I bootstrapped the business and pretty much spent our entire family savings. So if my daughter doesn't go to university, that's on me, but on the business. And I remember looking at it and I was like, this is magic. You know, it actually worked. So that that was a big moment, I think. So, yeah. Yeah, these are hard moments. Interesting, yeah. Let me see, because I agree with you. I mean, there are so many different roles and you need need a combination of a number of factors. So is there any specific methodology that you're using? I saw on your website you're doing psychometric testing. How do you know that you got the right fit? The fit, so it's very similar to specialist, I mean, a great normal human recruiter, yeah? For specialist roles, let's say that we are hiring, I'll just take an easy example, let's say, you know, an accountant, a GL accountant, a general ledger accountant, for the sake of it. You need many, many things. You you need them to have certain skills because they need to know how to do the job. Yep. So, you know, you need to understand that as an example, you know, if it's an AP accountable accountant's job, that an AR accountant will not be able to do it, but a GL accountant would be able to do it. Or that, you know, accountants or, or more, you know, senior FP&A managers will move amongst industries in a certain way. So you do need to understand hard skills. You need to also understand certain, I'll just generally put it in the bucket of demographics. For example, mobility of candidates, you need to understand their language skills, their you know, leadership experience, their ability or willingness to travel a certain amount of time. So there are many, many parameters in this sort of, I'll put it in the general profile that you need to understand. And then we sort of over and above that, look at people's competencies 
and map them to competencies required to the role. And we look at their push and pull factors and we map that to the selling points of the role to, to be able to project role fit yeah. or subculture fit. So there are lots of, you know, there are lots of ingredients in the algorithm that give the result. So the psychometric assessment is one of them. Ah, okay. I mean, you said the cost of the recruitment process will, will decrease by 99%. And mm-hmm. that's already, of course, a pretty amazing effect of it. Are there any other changes that you see? I mean, maybe maybe in the time, maybe in the quality. The metrics, yeah, of course, of course. I mean, I can give you exam. I, I can do lots of examples, but the the time to hire, the time to hire can go down very very significantly. If I was to be more conservative, I would say by at least thirty yeah. percent, because the part which is all around sourcing, screening, or deciding who you want to meet face to face, we just bring it all the way down. So yesterday we had a, a client sign up on Snap Hunt. They had put in their, you know, we verify something on the back end. So we verified that within an hour of them putting up their role, they had somebody in face-to-face interview booked and they had to literally do nothing. SnapHunt will even write your job description for you. So if you've got nothing, but you are someone looking to hire, it will do, it will understand what you're looking for. It's not a filter. It takes your brief and then understands that it will look at all things that make sense with the brief. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, I mean, time, of course, is a big thing these days because, you know, specifically in those specialist roles, the faster you can, can get on the table, around the table with the right persons, yeah. the better it is. Absolutely. And, and it's a very candidate short market, especially Singapore. And uh-huh. I think a lot of roles are becoming specialized and, you know, great talent is tough to find. So SnapHunt also gives you a lot of insights along the way as to what are the top motivators of your applicants. Yeah. Um, it also compares your performance on time to hire on your employer brand to other people on the platform, other companies on the platform. So it allows you to, without giving the names of the company, but it gives you a benchmark perpetually in real time. So it also allows you to sort of recalibrate your hiring real time, which I think is pretty awesome when you, when, you know, companies are really serious about revamping their hiring. Yeah, um, in, in other metrics, I mean, you know, hiring is extremely manual. You receive CVs, you look at them, you yeah. hopefully tell people they're not selected. Most people forget to do that. Then you email them, you say, we want to ask you a few questions or you phone screen them. SnapHun does away with all of that stuff. So there's no email response management, all candidates. It acts like a job search concierge for them. So they have sort of Uberized trackers on their profiles. They get real-time updates on what's happening. So it also takes away probably upwards of 50% of the manual elements of hiring. From yeah, that's, of course, a big, a big one in terms of both time and cost. Be around how you will fit as a candidate within yes. the company. Yeah, so I have a viewpoint on this. I think, you know, culture fit is a big word and it's an easy way to sort of summarize a lot of things. Most organizations actually don't have one culture. They have a culture or a mission, values, principles. Then they have subcultures within different countries and then they may have even sub-subcultures within different teams. Yeah. And finally, these culture, these subcultures change every six months because if in Asia, let's say you have 30% attrition, then every six months you have a significant change in team members and as a result, change in culture. What we try to do is match the candidate for a role fit based on that subculture, which is why we're mapping competencies and motivations. Okay, understood.
because actually motivations are a bigger predictor of success than that's skills. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting one, the motivation. And, and, and yeah, skills happens to be something that I think is going to be less and less important. It's more like what can you do and how can you, I mean, how creative, for example, are you? What is your level of empathy? Mm-hmm. What, is the, what is the experience you have and how can you bring it to the table? Because I see, for example, I, I recently heard a story about someone that has studied to be a music, musician becoming a CFO. Well, <laughs> there you go. Completely different background, completely different interest level, but the, the, the way of thinking was a very interesting one. I had another podcast last week, which was someone that actually was an engineer mm-hmm. and is one of the most, well, most well-known or very well, most well-known, what is, what is the word here? A respectable CMO, marketing manager. Mm-hmm simply because of his, his engineering type thinking, uh, which yeah. is different and therefore, you know, fit the job. So, so that's another very interesting thing. I, you know, I, I got a lot of interest from companies saying, why don't you give it to us as a software? We are not a software. We are a platform, which is like a marketplace. So we have multiple organizations on it. And one of the reasons I have kept it like this is because I, I, I believe that by having multiple players on it, we are able to spot market trends more effectively. Yeah. We're able to see different people competing for the same talent and start providing predictive analytics and predictive insights. Sure. So goals are changing very, very quickly. Like you said, you know, you could have a marketing person with an engineering background. If we're starting to see that marketing as a function is evolving to a much more data-driven function, let's say. Mm-hmm. It's something we can start advising employers on. So they don't have to beat up their brain on it. True. You know, the, as, a, as an advisor and as a trusted advisor, as a consultant, the AI can start doing that for them. Interesting. Yeah, correct. It's the data again. So what do you yeah. believe are the, are the, is the one thing or the two things that make your products or your marketplace so remarkable? What did you do? Your yeah, kind of DNA one. The one is that the, uh, it has the engine of a Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has the usability it, and it is a very simple interface to use. So anecdotally, till we raised the, our round with Bnext recently, I was the only business person in Snap Hunt because it was bootstrapped, right? So everybody was in tech or data or, data or whatever. So we, you know, I had these clients and by the time I, you know, I had a, quite a few thousand users on it. It is that simple to use that I could you know, I could do it without necessarily needing a lot of people to to train clients or explain how to use it because I really do believe hiring needs to be that simple. Well, so a lot of the work happens in the back end. Keep yeah, it simple exactly. on the front. You've made it self-driving. <laughs> a self-driving well, Ferrari. Right now it's driving at 10 kilometers per hour. Give me a year. Let's do another podcast in a year's time. <laughs> <So> <laughs> let's see how long it takes us to get to top speed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that always fascinates me with well, people like, like we used to know, Steve Jobs here, uh, he said, innovation is not about what you do, but it's what you say no to or what you don't do. Were there any yeah. of those moments in starting it up? All the time. I am a very simple person. And, and maybe this is, you know, I believe that, you know, I believe a lot in elegance and simplicity. So yeah. wherever we could cut out something. So I'll get, again, a good example is Snapsight, Yeah. I have no interest in mapping anyone's brain. I have really zero interest. And I don't even know if there is enough scientific evidence that if I successfully mapped your brain, you'd do better in a job. Mm-hmm. So my objective with SnapPsych was an assessment which, is, which people find fun to complete, 
which has high level of reliability and which is quick and provides employers with a snapshot of someone's competencies to to sort of gauge the entire profile in its entirety. So a bit like, you know, as a recruiter, you kind of explain how a candidate is to make them come alive. I wanted to do that via data. Yes. And with no human touch. So Snapsight, for example, takes only two and a half minutes to complete. Wow. And I, I, I see two and a half minutes. Having said that, that one of my very good friends who's French and who's English is probably only working knowledge. I can say that I'm French. I can say all these sort of things. But, you know, it probably took three minutes to complete it. So it, it's really, really short. So. I think, again, with SnapHunt, we've tried to keep everything simple. I could have done a match score for culture fit and a match score for skill fit and given you 10,000 match scores on each person. But who cares? What you really care about is looking at that application, having the information you require, letting it come alive, and then saying, yeah, I want to meet this person or not. So we've tried to cut away anything which seems cool on the, you know, when we're developing, but is actually from a user's eye, unnecessary as much as possible. Hmm. Uh, we haven't built an app. We haven't built an app. I mean, there are lots of things. We, we keep cutting it out, all out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it seemed to, you took a couple of, yeah, your, your approach and your, and your end goal, the vision was clear. And I think that drives everything. Was there any early yeah. decision that appeared to be really important for you, the success you have right now? I think building a scalable, a couple of them. Number one, building a very scalable business from right from the get-go. So one of the things with the algorithms is that, you know, the the algorithms, we, it was, as I said, I had no background in technology. So it's, I think it's turned out to be a really good thing. And in retrospect, but when I was looking at the recruitment space, what I found is that there were a lot of pure play machine learning algorithms in the market a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't understand them because when I studied them, I saw that a number of sort of so-called you know, apps like a Tinder for jobs sort of apps that were coming on the market were getting no traction. And when I looked at it a bit, I realized that you needed massive amounts of data for these algorithms to actually learn. And while they were doing that, the you know, your, your stakeholders got no real value, right? They were just providing the data. So as a result, they didn't get traction. As a result, the algorithms didn't approve. So I think decision number one, which was great, is not to build a pure play machine learning algorithm. And in fact, machine learning algorithms either don't get traction or if you introduce it in a software mode, then can be very biased because they just reconfirm your recruiter's bias, right? By learning from them. The second thing I think which we did was not use natural language processing. And I was very keen not to use it because I've launched this in Asia, which is a pretty diverse market. Uh-huh. As I said, my, my thinking was I wanted to build something for scale. And if I had built the algorithms using NLP, then it would be very difficult for me to then, you know, go to different markets because I have to internationalize the back end every time. In what we built, we just have to internationalize the front end. So I think that was the second decent decision I've made. The third one we'll see, but I, I refuse to white label it. I would like to keep it a marketplace. And I believe that my price point is a good decision, but this only time will tell because I think there's a tipping point at which people are ready to try something new and take action. And I've been trying to identify that tipping point where you say, you know what, let me give it a go. Let me try something new. So that's why we priced it specifically pretty low. Yeah. Pricing is an important element at the end. So Mm -hmm. what do you believe are the secrets to be remarkable in what you do? I mean, to be to create a remarkable software company. I'm writing a book about it, so I want to have uh, <laughs> your perspective on it. 
No, gosh, I, I couldn't tell you because I haven't created a remarkable software company, but I, there are certain things that I've seen in people and I have appreciated in people I've, I've met as candidates, as entrepreneurs and, and certain things I live by. The, the first is just to keep getting up. I think, you know, you if you're not failing or you're not falling down a little bit, it means you're just not pushing yourself hard enough. And I, I don't celebrate failure. I don't understand the concept of celebrating failure. I just accept that it's exhilarating because it means I'm pushing boundaries. Sure. And, and more importantly, actually, is celebrating getting up. Just get up and get on with it. So that's one. The second is for taking a very iterative approach to things. You know, think big, start small, dig deep. You know, try and experiment, see where it takes you, where you're getting traction, dig further, where you're not, go back, reassess and, and roll out something else. So an iterative approach rather than, you know, this big bang that I'm going to create this wonderful thing and have an aha moment. What I found is having a much more agile and iterative approach tends to, I think, tends, tends to create more solid companies. And, and then, you know, finally, having a deep sense of purpose. If you really understand sure. the, your why really well, then it's a straight line. I, I genuinely believe Then you climb over any wall or you hammer through that wall or as long as you're sticking to, you know, true to your why, you'll find clients who come to that. You'll find stakeholders who, who just like magnet get attracted to your why. So yeah, that's the last one. Yep. There's a couple of the things that you've mentioned that I've got on my list as well. And that's, yeah, these are things that make you indeed remarkable. So it's just a matter of time before you, because people will say this is what you do is remarkable as well. I think they already do that, by the way. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so I mean, getting rounding it up. What what are you? What have you been most proud of achieving so far with the solution? Are there any any of those where you said, "Wait a minute, this is why we're doing it." Absolutely, there, there are. Absolutely, you know, I'm really proud of our first placement in our beta. I'm really proud of that. I'm actually proud of every hire. I went to one of our clients invited me to, you know, an evening they were holding a networking session they were holding for, for their clients and, and so on. And when I was there, I met two really amazing individuals and they were like, are you from Snap Hunt? Like I was a rock star, which was amazing. And they're like, guess what? I found my job on Snap Hunt. So I met these two individuals who were amazing. And I was like, can I do a selfie? And I had the selfie with these two individuals and it's amazing because my lovely platform understood these people, proposed them roles, and they were like, it got me and it showed me stuff that how did it know? How did it know? Now, that for me is magic. And, you know, yeah, those are the sort of moments that keep us going. Similarly, you know, I got a lady who sent a message saying, you know, this is so amazing. The advice that I get on Snap Hunt and the support I get on Snap Hunt really keeps me going. God bless you all. It was very sweet, you know, for, for your effort. So again, I think it's like people coming back to the why. I think it's that tribe that we are creating with our why that just keeps me going, I think, every day. <laughs> so what have you been doing like one question more deeply into getting it out, the whole sales process, how do you help make people aware of it? So it's a funny question. John, I was like the ninja till January. I literally did nothing on the sales side except I've had our beta clients and then they converted to paid clients and they referred me to a couple of people yeah. because we literally went live commercially and then I went for my round of funding. And we were very lucky to have a few VCs who wanted it. So we closed it relatively rapidly. Yeah. And then the first piece of PR we did was probably the one you saw us on on LinkedIn last month. 
so it's been and again we've been very lucky we've got a few clients but they all keep referring us to other people so i've been getting and when i say us my sales team is coming on board on monday so i uh, and by the way they're all hired through snaphunt so but so it's just been me trying to you know hiring people getting an office together buying laptops you know we've gone from one person on business month ago to right now we are five next week we're going to be 12 and all thanks to snapon wow. 100% wow. so the sales piece is very simple what i realized both for vcs and for clients that i meet once i literally give them a 10 minute demo i need to at some point now actually make a video demo is probably a good idea but i didn't have money to do it before you know usually when they see a demo they they sign up yeah I can imagine <laughs> is this only singapore by the way or is it actually going to be global Yeah so so it it's been made to go international very quickly the key to being able to delight clients is candidate reutilization so for the next 6 months we will be focusing on singapore and then we're looking to go into as as a next step five southeast asian markets very very quickly by the end of the year Yeah. But for that I need at least some semblance of a team so let them all join you know <laughs> get 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 themselves you know all, all set up and then we can start doing other stuff. Yeah, exactly. So what would you advise CHROs or CEOs of companies to think different? I mean this is so I mean everybody is thinking about that the recruitment process in the way it's always been. But I think that's the wrong way to go around. I mean people don't really realize these days what is possible but maybe a little bit of different thinking can help there i look i think there are a few things i went to a meeting today with the bank and it was a very interesting meeting they're like oh we saw you know you had a lot of so we went to the this tech hr conference in singapore and i had something like 43 demos on a day yeah mm-hmm. so people really liked it and kept coming back and so on so this lady had seen me there and she said you know i want to come and we're looking at finding a new sourcing solution so you know we need more people so we're just looking for sourcing solution so i asked her what is your hiring problem is it sourcing people or is it getting them to join you actually if you source 100 people and they refuse to join you this still a problem but she's like no no as long as we have a lot of people coming in we'll be fine i think what happens is that if you start looking i, I said this to her sometimes we're so focused on solving one problem yeah. we forget to kind of step back and look at the whole situation in its entirety and sometimes the solution you need is not the solution you're looking for it's something completely different altogether so what i would say is there's so much of innovation in in the market today number one be open to number two agree on the outcomes you want rather than being fixed on how you think you're going to get there because there are lots of very talented people who are coming up with all sorts of innovative ways to help you achieve those outcomes so yeah. challenge yourself on those outcomes whether that's in hiring time or whether that's on your attrition uh, whether that's on your employee whatever engagement and and i do not believe you should settle for second best you know you know aim high and then see how shop around for what's the best way to for you to achieve things beyond what you thought you could very sensible so what is next for you what is your greatest aspiration uh, maybe a stupid question to ask cuz this is like this is it <laughs> <laughs> this is it actually yeah no there is so much to do with snaphunt you know at the moment we've built the product out till face to face interview we're actually building it all out till offer management and and actual hiring and we are incorporating lots of very interesting things across things like reference checking and offer management that can really really help clients from a product perspective there's there's a lot to be done 
and then of course from an expansion perspective there's a lot to be done so i think i'm i'm going to be pretty busy for the next couple of years i can imagine <laughs> is there, i mean kind of going back to my audience is there anything they can help you with i mean if if they could what would be your your question well number one if you are hiring in singapore please contact me and i'm sure you can provide the, my email address yeah. um, and we would just absolutely love to come and meet you and help you you know just find great talent in singapore much more easily than you're probably doing right now exactly yeah that's true i mean this is the, the way to get started yeah. right now yeah absolutely well to well, to answer that question on your email address and how how can people get to know a bit more about snap hunt and and get in contact with you think you know if if they just drop us a line on info@snaphunt.com either myself or my soon to join sales team will be in touch we're very happy to come to your offices i'd probably come along with them to start off with if it's in the next couple of weeks and you know and just understand exactly what you're going through and help you if you're based in the in in europe or somewhere else and you're looking to hire for your singapore office we do a lot of we have a lot of video interlaced throughout the platform so it makes it very easy for you to to also see pre-recorded videos of candidates etc and and makes hiring much much more easily at a distance as well very good well thank you very much this was fascinating i mean i like your drive and your energy and i agree with well the approach you're taking here well, if, if more kind of software businesses would would think like you there would be a fascinating world here <laughs> so Look, uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for inviting me to do this podcast. And you know, we had a bit of a discussion before this. I, th- I think it's it's really been remarkable getting to know you. And I hope we get to keep in touch. And I'd l- I want to read your book. Very good. Happy to hear that. And we'll definitely stay in touch. Thank you. Great. Thank you. And for everybody that's listening today, thank you for tuning into this podcast. I had the honor to speak to Tulika Tripathi, founder and CEO of SnapHunt. The goal of this podcast is to share compelling ideas and showcases to inspire what can be when technology and people blend in the right way. It's my strong belief that too much focus is put on automating people out of a process, in other words, cutting costs, rather than scenarios where the unique strength of people are augmented with technology to change the established rules and to deliver a value that was unimaginable before. So with this podcast, I want to make a contribution to change this to create a broader awareness of what can be, to accelerate the adoption by bringing together you, a tribe of like-minded people and organizations, and lastly, to accelerate the initiatives and solutions that could be created because one idea inspires the other. So if you know about stories that are worth sharing, please send me a message. Building the momentum all starts with revealing the ideas, and that starts with you. If you want to have more information, read my blogs, or obtain information on working with me, just visit me on my website, valueinspiration.com. Thank you for tuning in. And you could do me a big favor by rating the podcast or provide me with your feedback. I'll see you shortly in a new episode. That's what... Ransomware is all about. It's psychological pressure. Ransomware. When your computer's hacked into and your data held ransom. Attacks are on the rise and Russian gangs are making billions of dollars. The moment I got that message, I knew our greatest fears that we ever have are starting to come true. The post-Cold War era is over. Dot com, the hacking. 
a new season from Crowd Network with me, Katie Puckrick. Just search for .com, that's D-O-T-C-O-M, 